Hello, I'm T.S. Wright, and welcome to The God-Centered Concept. Episode 2, The Cultures, Greek and Hebrew. At the end of the last episode, I left you with some questions about culture. Today we will look at culture. We're going to look at what type of culture do we live in? What type of culture did we come from? How does it impact the way we live and view life? How does it align with the way God wants us to see the world? So at least in part, we're going to try to start answering these questions here in this particular episode. So some of the natural questions here is why do we explore these two, two distinct cultures, the Hebrew culture and the Greek culture? What aspects of these cultures are we diving into? How and why are they relevant to us? So let's dive right into it. First, we're going to look at the ancient Greek culture. Here's some characteristics of that particular culture. And they're going to be more of, instead of me being tedious and talk about all this history and stuff, I'm just simply going to lay out these characteristics that came from the Greek culture. If you want to explore it yourself and dive in, I, I suggest you do some different reading and you can Google search that and read whatever books you decide you want to. But for now, I'm going to give you some of those aspects and characteristics that I believe that have carried over and that we still use in our culture today. So without further ado, here we go. First of all, the Greek culture was very much centered around the entire idea of what we call gnosis, meaning knowledge. That was really the key of the Greek culture and the way that they thought and that everything in life was about the human experience and gaining knowledge to improve that experience. The culture was all about self-discovery and preserving that particular legacy. Self-actualization in many ways, in the way that they thought of it, was the pinnacle of their human experience. The focus was obtaining everything in this life. In, in as far as that knowledge and being able to experience everything within their culture and everything was very structured to promote that experience. They were a very polytheistic society um, and they practiced that and their structures reflected promoting the gods that accentuated that human experience as well as to serve as a form to promote the spirituality of life. And I know that sounds like a lot of weird jargon, but their monuments and their structures idolized the human experience and those gods accentuated them. If you look at their gods and what their gods actually stood for, in many ways, they were just representations of the spirituality and the human experience and how they tried to connect it uh, through the understanding of what they thought those gods were. Um, everything was focused on how the human experience was preserved through the participation of each aspect of society and the gods and the people have a balanced relationship, even though they were to honor the gods because they were gods. Um, it was still there to have that balance to preserve the experience for human beings. 
self-indulgence of their carnal appetites, self-help, self-actualization, self-sustaining, a lot of self. And everything in the Greek culture revolved around that. So with that understanding, we have to, we sort of have to view that now through our own culture. If you really look at our culture today, I'm not saying we're sitting here worshiping other gods, so to speak, um, in the way that they did. However, much of our culture is very focused on the attainment of self and the human experience here in this life. And if you look at advertising, you look at the way that we approach things, we're very focused on how do we improve self and how do we make it better for ourselves and our life and our experiences in this life. And so, and I'm not suggesting that we have to totally abandon that, but I'm not also here to say that that is exactly how God wants us to view life. So that Greek culture, it's very important that we understand what that is and, and how it impacts us today, because basically the Roman culture was just a derivative of that Greek culture and just a little more sophisticated. And we'll discuss that here in a few minutes. And that has carried over through Europe and then into the colonies. And then, of course, we became the United States and, and all of those type of things. And those aspects of culture just continued on and carried on into what we now know as our culture. So now that we've looked at some of these characteristics and particulars of the ancient Greek culture, now let's look at the ancient Hebrew culture. And really the way we're going to characterize this is what the ancient Hebrew culture was before they fell away completely from God and before the Babylonian captivity, but also in the sense of how God called Moses to set this up. All the law and every piece and how Hebrew society was to operate in the premise of which it was supposed to operate on and the really how the focus of human life was according to the Hebrew culture. So let's take a look at this. Culture is all about serving God and being the beacon for all mankind to be able to know and worship God. All learning is based on following God and how he has delegated that learning should take place. Connecting to God and walking in obedient faith to what God has called them became the focus of life in the Hebrew culture. And obtaining salvation is the pinnacle of the human experience, basically the focus on the afterlife through being obedient and serving God and having faith in him. All aspects of life are structured for each person, family, and society as a whole to revere and serve the living God. Monuments and structures are commanded by God and are there to direct people to serve and worship God and remember what God has done for them. It's a system and a total focus. It's all about every aspect of how they can glorify their living God. It is God-centered, it is God-focused, it is God-led in the decision-making. In other words, God is the only authority. Many times he would speak through the prophets. In some cases, he spoke himself, especially in the, uh, in the Torah. God-led self-control over area of life, including simple things such as eating and other carnal appetites. So you can kind of compare the Greek and the Hebrew 
ancient cultures and kind of see the differences and how they were set up. So why in the world does all this matter? Well, are we a, we are a total byproduct of the ancient Greek culture. Even the Roman culture, as I said just a little bit earlier, that followed was most likely founded by an exiled Greek. And if you compare them and you compare these two cultures, basically Rome is just a more sophisticated version of the Greek culture. In fact, all of Europe will become this as well, which will trickle into the colonies here in North America until it becomes the United States, as we stated. For the most part, our beliefs, the way we live, and our approach to life is simply a more technologically and socially advanced and evolved version of the ancient Greek culture. These ideals have influenced billions of people, basically have already lived and are alive today and around the globe in, a, in profound ways. So, this is important to understand because if you truly understand God, and live according to his will, we need to embrace all of who he is and compare his ways to our ways. In other words, we need to stop and take a deep dive from both a broad and a detailed perspective so we can see the culture and see how we live through God's eyes. Remember, it was God who established the foundation of the ancient Hebrew culture through what he gave to Moses. While we no longer live under the Mosaic law or law of Moses, we do need to adhere to the basic principle that the Hebrew culture was established, and that is God's people are here to glorify him and be that beacon of light to the world and represent God to the world. This is exactly what God intended when he led Moses and the Israelites out of Egypt and when he led Joshua and the Israelites into the promised land. Just like the ancient Israelites were called today, were called then, Christians are called today to be that representation for God to the world. We are called to do this. We have to really see this culture that we live in and how it's impacting our daily lives and take it to the Lord so he can change us as he chooses to. It is so easy to allow culture to influence us. However, the culture isn't being led in the way God has designed and it's focused on the things that are contrary to God. It is focused on the human experience. And while we don't, I don't want to downplay the human experience, I will say this, that the most important aspect is us serving the Lord. It's living for him. It's coming to know him first and through salvation. Then it's learning to live for him and know him and then continue to grow in doing that so we can understand and be led according to his word and his will, which are in agreement. I've listened to Christians and church congregations for a long time, obviously, as I've been, as I received Christ over just over 31 years ago. However, I've listened to people, Christians, like I said, church congregations and stuff, complain about society and culture ever since that I received the Lord. I've heard mostly about what they don't agree with or don't want or dislike. Basically, lots of complaining. That's easy. It's easy to complain. It's not hard to point at something or someone and say you don't agree with it. Everyone has an opinion. We all do. Every human being, every human being has their own perspective. However, the truth 
is, I rarely see anyone express what it should look like or do anything about it or take real action steps to change. I see people use situations sometimes to just gain to their own advantage, whether they're Christian or not. But, and it could be that they're just trying to gain prestige or whatever, and whatever their motives are. But rarely do I see people actually take it, try to take action steps, first of all, starting with themselves and then helping other people to see it in what we should be doing. So the question becomes, what do we really need to do? And is complaining and standing up and fighting with other people and just saying we don't agree with them really the answer? Are we really reflecting if we have a re- the real perspective of ourselves and we do our own self-reflection, are we ref- really reflecting God to a fallen world? How do we become what God is really calling us to be? And do we have examples to help us know what that should look like? So, in essence, how do we change? What steps do we need to take and activate the ch- to activate that change so that, that is so desperately needed that everyone is so quick to point out? Can we really realistically do this in a way that God wants? Well, here's what we're going to do. In the upcoming episodes, we're going to explore some of these things in more detail. We're going to we're going to get into some very detailed things that impact us individually. We obviously understand the culture and we know we got to look at culture and we got to pay attention to it, but now we're going to dive into some details that will help us kind of work into basically work through this and to help us connect more with God so we can understand what his will and his plan is, not only for our lives, but also as a collective whole. And to do this according to his will, but also to do it for him. Because ultimately, if we're if we have accepted Christ, our calling is that we are to abandon self and we are to follow him in every way. So the Bible clearly teaches this. So in these upcoming episodes, we're going to explore these questions and we're going to do this by diving deeper into detail. So I'm going to leave you with uh, a couple of challenges. Number one, I'm going to challenge you to read through 1 Corinthians and take a good long look at the perspective of culture. As you're reading it, you know, what kind of a culture was influencing that church? And I've sort of described that to you because the city of Corinth was very Greek indeed. What were the challenges? What challenges do you see that you, from what when you're reading this that you see in our culture and it's reflected in there? So you can kind of make that comparison. What issues does Paul bring up that might be affecting you? Or you might just simply be personally struggling with. My encouragement to you is to just simply write them down in your in a journal pray over them and ask the Lord to give you insight and open your eyes on how to change. Remember, he is the owner of all of of our of us and he's the owner of all creation. And since he is probably quite frankly better at understanding this than we are, going to him is the real answer. All right? And pursuing him is the real answer. It is because then as we're doing that, it'll start to teach us just by pursuing him to trust him. So my question is, is that 
when we go to him and we're praying to him, when you, when, when you do that, are you asking him for simply what you want? Are you asking him to reveal his will? And then you are willing to obediently follow it. Maybe a little adjustment in our, in the way that we approach prayer. But when we pray, when we are coming to God with prayer, how are we approaching that? So, and I believe our culture influences that even in churches and stuff. Yes. I understand that, you know, having fleshly needs met is important. However, are we coming to the Lord in a way that reflects that we are willing to submit ourselves to his will, regardless of what he asks us? So that's a, you know, that's kind of a little bit of a, like I said, a little bit of a change in how we think in, in the way that we pray. So, by the way, if you want a little additional reading, you want to, again, see another book that was written, the book of Ephesians. When they're, when Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, will also give you kind of a reflection of what our culture is like and, and what he was dealing with. Again, it's, it's an ancient culture, but in some ways it was similar to our culture. So just remember this. Eventually the church in Corinth turns it around. And even though they're struggling there in 1 Corinthians, future letters tell us that it's getting better. And they eventually become that beacon of light in a totally paganistic culture that Paul is asking that church to become. They eventually get it done. Um, as we now start to pray, and st as we're praying and asking the Lord to reveal and open our eyes to the culture and see it the way he does, and as we do this daily, Record what happens and be an open vessel without any preconceived ideas. I am going to say this, and I'm going to give it one caution. Don't let a, don't let this critical spirit that can so easily entangle us become a part of when we're evaluating culture, because we can sit here and look at the culture and know that things are going wrong and not going the way that we think they should. But we can develop a very critical spirit that can filter into other people. And that is not at all what, what we want to give off. And God is not calling us to do that. You know, at the end of the day, he's the ultimate evaluator. He wants us to have a righteous spirit. And that is based on his righteousness, not our own self-righteousness. So it's his righteousness. It's his purity. It's his holiness that we need to carry. And let him be the one that does the evaluating and carry the burden of being critical. So we need to let the Lord have that. We need to turn that over to him if we are struggling with that. So again, we need to let him filter our thinking through his word and in his spirit through prayer. And eventually we're going to talk more about this process. And we're going to get more detailed about it. But for now, we just need to be open to the Lord. Remember, he is the owner and all this is his. So we need to embrace his authority. So here's a good way to think about this. We have to learn to give up our need to be right or have an opinion and let the Lord develop his opinion in us. So again, I encourage you guys to journal your thoughts, whatever's being put on your heart by the Lord and pray over it and come in a, in a way of submission to the Lord and ask him to reveal his will and how he wants us to handle these things.
Until next time, go forth in total surrender to the one who owns and reigns over all creation.